Welcome to How's Your E-Presence on Business Radio X. This show is produced by E-Presence, and I am Mark Galvin, the founder and president of that firm. We are coming to you live from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio inside the Sinesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel. Welcome to the show. We talk about business and social media. Thanks for joining us. We love that you're here. This show is brought to you by the social media management firm ePresence, and that firm manages social media for both companies, individuals, and college students. Today's guest, I've got, I'm going to jump right into it. We have a unique show today, and I'm going to go ahead and introduce not just one guest, but two guests. But the main act we're going to start off with is Mike Salmon from Business Radio X. Have you guys heard of him? I don't know. But Mike, welcome. I'm so glad that you are officially on my show. And I do want everyone to know, I invited you to be on my show about three months ago. <laughs> it was quite a commute to get here, but you're the main act, first of all. Uh, I like to be behind the audio board and let it's, you be the star. Yep, yep. and he, you are. He's back over there in the corner. He wouldn't even sit at the table with me. That's right. There's a reason for that. I'm sure we're going to get into that, right? <laughs> I bet we will. Yes. yes. Yes, we will. So, you know, this is what's great about this. You have always been, you have your own show here, you have all the the guests that you bring in here. You've got a number of shows you produce here at Business Radio X, but let's peek behind the curtain and find out a little bit about Mike. So first of all, how long have you operated this, uh, the radio station here? Uh, since 2012. You had to think about that. You're yes. showing your age there. All right. I've never been at one place for so long in my life. This is the longest job I've ever had. You officially can be found. That's what that it's means. It's because I can't fire myself. Well, I could fire myself. <laughs> well, you could. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Well, let's, hopefully that does right. not happen. But before this, you did a number of things. So I'm I'm amazed at this. You were a uh, you worked for the Olympic Broadcasting Service. Now, first of all, I did not know the Olympics had their own broadcasting service. So talk about that. What did you do with them? It used to be years ago that the host country, whoever was the host TV rights, like in the states, like when we had the Olympics in Atlanta in '96, it was NBC. Right. They owned the Olympic rights. They were part of their duties were to provide the images to the whole world. Oh, we don't. So they weren't just doing NBC sports, but they had to provide it to everybody, to all the rights holders around the world. Well, the Olympic people, the IOC, decided to take it under their own wing. And so now the Olympic Broadcasting Services, OBS, provides all the pictures and everything that you see around the world. Because if you think about it, let's say you're at the Olympics and it's the Winter Games and they're skiing. Not every single country can have a camera on the course. It just logistically Makes can't sense. be possible. Yeah. So only so typically it would be the host broadcaster would provide the video and provide it to the world feed. Uh, OBS okay. now does that, so the home country's TV network doesn't have to do it anymore. Got it. How long did you do that? They only did this. This started in Beijing, where they took it over. So I started in 2010, and uh, if things work out and the Olympics aren't canceled in 2020, I'll be in Tokyo later this summer. So you're still part of that? Yes. Oh, that's really cool. Yes. Oh, very cool. So basically, I just do voiceover work for the Olympic Broadcasting Services. So if you were to watch some of the highlights somewhere else in the world, it would Could we it, hear it, Mike? It, you could hear me. You oh, won't wow. hear me here in the States because NBC owns the rights. Got it. So you'll, okay. you'll only see NBC's stuff. You know, I like you a lot, but I'm not going to go overseas just no. so I can hear your voice. You have a better chance of, of hearing me in Singapore than you do in Atlanta. <laughs> so before that, and that's all, all extremely cool, but before that, you were in Sports Talk here in Atlanta at 92.9 The Game, and you were a Sports Talk show host. So you had your own show? I was out of my element. <laughs> What yeah, do you mean? They, they gave me a show. That is so cool. Yeah. 
talk for three hours. Oh, my gosh. That's got to be hard. When you were by yourself and had no one else to play off of. That's rough. You have to live, die, and breathe sports and watch everything to be able to pull it off. And really love everything you have to say. Yeah, and I decided I needed to kind of have an, a life outside <laughs> that, which is why I, I'm no longer there. So what was the prep like for a show like that? Three hours, did you prep three hours for that or more? Well, no, you're you're always prepping because you're watching oh, every Falcons game, ended. every Braves game, every because you gosh knows what you might talk about. Unbelievable. That sounds like you have to really so. love sports to do that. Yeah, which which I which I did, you, but and I you also do. Had, you're a sports guy. Right. And we've already talked about sports, but, but. this job here at Business Radio X kind of was keeping me from watching every single sporting event that was out there. Sure. Not that it's an issue now because there's no sports going on now. Yeah, now it's a breeze, right? You can call the games. <laughs> right. Right. And so you had, you've spent time at CNN, you were a sports director, well, you started off in Columbus, Georgia, as a sports director at WRBL. Is that, that's the biggest, largest station down there, right? Yeah, no. <laughs> they were, it's a CBS station, they're number two in the ratings behind the ABC's uh, news operation. Okay. Yeah, yeah the, the ABC there was number one in the market by, by far in news, we were the number two station. Huh, very cool. Well, this is, inc- it's incredible to hear some of the things that you've done now. Business Radio X is a, a great organization, and there are, what, you've got 12 studios nationwide, fastest growing business-to-business online radio network in the country. This is a pretty cool little gig here, and and with the way podcasting is blowing up, you guys are on the, well, you're at the tip of the spear, and have been, what, you guys were one of the first podcast producers of, prog- of, of programmers in the nation. That's pretty, pretty cool stuff right there. So you do this you do multiple things it sounds like you have this and you have you're still involved with the olympic broadcasting services so you do have you have the ability to flex so if you're on the road you can get somebody else to come in here and run the station i'll have other people run the board for how's your e-presence and the other shows that's awesome well well, i better get a chance to talk to them benefits i want to approve that whoever that is just telling you Oh, okay. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> one of the benefits, though, of course, of uh, being an entrepreneur and running your own business is you, if, if you can work it out, you have that flexibility Absolutely. to do other things mm-hmm. as long as you take care of the business at home. Yeah, I'm thinking about uh, going out and driving for Amazon right now. They've Maybe. got, what, they're hiring 100,000 people or something crazy. They're like having that. an employee thing as we speak going on here that's in going this over behind us. It's oh, going I'll on be behind done. you. Well, not surprised. Did you know that? I did not realize that. Wow. No, that's yeah. cool. There were lines out here yesterday. Wow. People lined up for a potential job at Amazon. Yeah. So people are walking up and they're getting jobs on the spot because uh, they need people so bad. Costco's the same way. Not that we need to talk about all those folks because are they members? Are they paying? I don't think so. We need them to be here. We'll edit this part out. That's right. <laughs> Well, good. Thank you for joining me today. I, I, I love that. We're going to talk to you in depth about social media and business, but we do have another guest that I want to introduce. And uh, I'm not sure that I don't know this, this person very well, but uh, his name is James Galvin. James, welcome. Hi, thank you. Glad that you're here. Here's why I wanted you to join us today is because I'm going to drop you in a bucket and you are officially a millennial. Does that work for you? works if that's what you want me to be uh, well wow there's so many things so that i'd like for you to be so 
while you're in this position, mm-hmm. can I ask you to do some more stuff and you just be agreeable? Mm, depends on what's thrown at me. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. You trained. Him to wh- see, you trained him well. I want to see how far I can get him to. How far I can push him. Well, Jim, I want to give it a little background. You were at Georgia College, Georgia College and State, GCSU, or they officially go by Georgia College here in in our state. You ran cross country. You got a degree in political science, and that mm-hmm. was what a couple years ago. Now, two years ago this summer, you graduated. Yep. Yes. And then you you decided that you decided that you'd get a graduate degree in international affairs. So now you're at Georgia Tech, mm-hmm. uh, another great school in the state of Georgia, and you are enrolled in the Sam Nunn School of International Affairs. And you'll also graduate soon. So that's in uh, well, it's supposed to be in May. It's supposed to be in May. What happened? Well, so I just this morning got an email from the school saying no more commencement. So they're officially, you still get to graduate. Still still get the diploma, which is really what matters, but no walking is, is what's going on. How now. does that make you feel? It's a little disappointing, but the, the diploma is what really matters. Okay. Well, I can tell that you've already got an undergrad degree. You've already had a chance to walk across mm-hmm. and, and you know, you've done that a few times in your life. Well, here's why I invited you to join us. I want you to give us some insight into millennials because we are in the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic, and a lot of folks in government are talking about this, how millennials are really the group that are not helping right now. So I I heard a newscast this morning that it's spring break for a lot of schools. Mm -hmm. Is it spring break right now for Georgia Tech? Yes, it is. So there's a lot of tech grads, a lot of tech uh, students that are probably down at the beach. Mm -hmm. I have no idea what you do in college when you're at the beach. You know, you go and you hang out and you get a tan. Is that all that happens down there? Sure. We'll, we'll say that's what happens. <laughs> I was talking to someone uh, earlier today about this same issue, and their comment was, let's see, if I was uh, 21, 22-ish, I'm at the beach, I can drink beer, I can go hang out with a bunch of girls, or I could honor what the government wants us to do, and that is stay at home and not interact with people. I'm going to have a hard time making that decision. Mm-hmm. But you're here. I am here. Because you don't like beaches, right? Actually, I don't like the beach. I would much <laughs> prefer to be at the lake. Why are you here? I'm here because you asked me to. Be well, here besides that, no, and not no, but that. It is it is spring break, so I have I decided to honor what the government asked me to do and stay home. Oh, you did. Okay. Well, very good. So here's what we want to ask you. This is the and there's a couple of questions that were sent to me that kind of tee this up. One of them came from Bob Cunningham. He is the owner. Uh, this came through LinkedIn, so you can find Bob Cunningham on LinkedIn. He is, uh, what does he have? He is the um, Cunningham HVAC. They're a residential and commercial HVAC company. Here's what he asked. He asked, with the COVID-19 pandemic greatly impacting our country, how is social media going to help with that change? And what can it do to get the message out to millennials? Is there something that you think social media could do to influence millennials, in your opinion? I do. I think a good amount of it does come, you know, just talking with other friends and things. A lot of it does have to do with a large distrust on what is shown on the news or in the media. So I think that has to do with a lot of what people are thinking, at least in my age, of seeing so many different reports on each side and not necessarily knowing what is true and what's not true. So I think that that really has a big impact on on why people may be going to the beach when the government is saying not to. So there is, in your age group, a distrust of the news, and I, news is air quotes here, 
news is wherever that news is coming from. Your age group distrusts the news. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. Is it because it's coming through social media or is it because it's coming from more natural, more traditional news outlets? Which which form of news are they most distrusting of? I'm not necessarily sure that there's a specific one there. However, I do know that if they do see something on social media, sometimes they automatically believe it's true. Oh, that's so a great, it's now very just this week, huge problem. Just this week, there was some report that came out saying a friend of a friend is in the military and said that the entire United States was getting shut down. And that was getting sent through group me's and Snapchats and right. texts. And everyone ended up believing it and it ended up not being true. So a lot of the times there are people that they read this one thing and they believe that it is true, which makes them not believe the actual sources that are coming in because they believe that very first thing. That's very interesting. Did you raise your hand? I had a question <laughs> and a comment. <laughs> mm-hmm. I need to put my glasses on because he is so far away. Yes, go for it. The issue with social media is that there's no accountability. Mm-hmm. It doesn't right. have to be accurate. Right. And what's happened is because social media is kicking the butt of traditional media, which is my uh-huh. background, that the accountability is even going away in network news and traditional media. Who's breaking all the stories now? TMZ. Right. And right. they're putting it out there. Whether and where, when, I, when and, I was trained and I went to University of Georgia, great journalism school, mm-hmm. you were taught to get two references or confirmations before you yep. even put the story out there. Right. Now, it's not a matter of being accurate. It's a matter of being first. First. And, and they're breaking it on Twitter. So TMZ mm-hmm. will probably find it first, and they push it out on Twitter before they even show it on their, you know, on their, they have that TV show that they'll run. And if it turns out they're wrong, in the past, if you were wrong, there was a retraction. They don't even do that. There's not even a no. retraction, even, not even an apology. And oh, so, well, we got that one wrong. So now fast forward. You have the millennial generation. They're seeing this. They don't believe anything because they think everything is wrong. And then when the government says, you need to not go to the beach, you need to stay out of the bars, you need to stay out of groups of 10 or more, because you guys are all going to be asymptomatic. And this is the major issue. You're asymptomatic. You're walking around with COVID. And you go to see your grandmother, who is 83 and 82. And don't tell her I said 83. Mm -hmm. And you could get her sick. And that's the problem. How do we use social media if it's if it's not trustworthy to convince millennials that they should follow these instructions? I think that's I think it's quite a contrary. I don't know that mm-hmm. there's an answer. No, there might not be an answer. Going back off of that, I think a lot of that does come from being asymptomatic or knowing that it's not going to impact them. So their thought is, I'll go to the beach. If I get sick, I get sick. Yeah. And I'll just go at home and quarantine myself. Whereas they don't know that, you yeah. know, something for me that I, you know, popped in my head was every time I go to the store now and I put my chip in the card reader, I still have to dial in my PIN number. Who knows how many people ahead of me touch that that could be sick. And that's something that I don't think most people think of. There's a lot of interaction or ways that you can get it that you just don't necessarily think about. I heard that the virus can exist for three days on a plastic bag that you get from the grocery store. So if someone touches a plastic bag, you get your groceries from it, you go home, you unload everything, and then you decide to make dinner and you haven't washed your hands, you could get the virus. It's unbelievable how easy it is to get this thing. Mm -hmm. And your age group, and listen, I was never going to die when I was 21. 
right? I wasn't. There was nothing. I was not worried about death. There was nothing that could threaten me, right? Before I was 10, trust me, it was before I was 10. I didn't have a problem picking gum off the bottom of the seat. Like, oh, there's gum here, right? I didn't die from that. Well, that's just disgusting. Yes, it is disgusting. (laughs) But it happened, right? And what that does is it reinforces, oh, you know what? You can do things. I looked at the sun. Don't look at the sun. Don't look at the sun. I'm officially blind. I can't see Mike on the other side of the room because I looked at the sun when I was in my teens. But it is difficult to embrace that you sh- there are limits to the things that you should do, and you your actions have a reaction. They have consequences, and it's hard to get that message out there. I do think that social media can help get that message out there, and I, I do think that there's a way that we need to figure out how we can get more consistent messages, messaging that is accurate. And, there, and this is a scary place to go, but how do we do that? And I think as a culture, we need to figure it out, right? Mike's over there shaking his head. There's got to be a way to do this, but the problem is there's the freedom of the press. We don't need to tell people what to say, but we do need to come back to some sort of standard that says you got to have two qualifiable witnesses, references, sources, whatever that looks like before you go to press. And they all, and everybody needs to say, okay, we gotta, we got to back off here and not just run to publish something. I think it's an interesting place where we are because the millennials, they don't believe the news anymore. And they're all at the beach now, except for Jim, because he had to be here. Mm-hmm. So we appreciate that. You're welcome. How many times have you clicked on a story thinking it was about one thing and it was about another? It's, the term is clickbait. Absolutely. And the, the idea is to get you to click on it and scare you with the headline so you click on it and then it turns out it's really about nothing That's right. at all. That's right. And it is, it happens every single day and people are paying for that click. A couple of years ago, I was doing some uh, media work for Cox Media and it was all about creating a headline to get people to click on it. There wasn't even much of a story. There was no story, but we just create some kind of a weird headline that would get people to click on it because we were uh, rated on the number of clicks. Right. And that's how you were, and that's how you made your revenue. You, I you sold advertising based on the number of clicks you had. On personal social media, I always say, don't talk about politics, sex, or religion, unless you're in the business of politics, sex, or religion. But those three things are great for clickbait. People will click that absolutely all the time. Now, you may upset them, but they're at least they're clicking it. So you could say something about the President of the United States or or the uh, Secretary of State or whoever if you think somebody's going to click on it because you don't really care because you just want that click. We are in such an interesting time right now. You don't care? You don't care if it's accurate? It doesn't matter. Right. It's really a a serious Because they clicked on it for one second, then they realized they were duped, so they go away, but you don't care. You already got the click counted. Absolutely. So I have another question that came in. I want to read this because this is uh, from Scott McRae. Scott McRae, he's the owner of McRae's Tavern here in Atlanta. All the restaurants in Atlanta are closed. You can't go in, and they have people that are that are working there that are not getting any getting a paycheck today so uh my hat's off to scott mccray and his team uh, support those guys I, i'm sure they're doing takeout and, and the like here's this question with a business to run how much of a priority should i place on social media for me on linkedin and so this is a good question about a personal social media uh, space, especially on LinkedIn for owners of companies. And I could spend 30 minutes talking about this, but we're running out of time. So I'm going to answer this in a real short, short fashion. Number one, Scott, if you are, if you're looking for investors, your investors are looking at you on LinkedIn. If you are hiring employees, as we all will be again, very soon, hopefully, 
the employees are going to go onto your LinkedIn profile to see you to see if they want to work for you or the restaurant down the street. There are some other, a lot of other boxes that check that I could check on LinkedIn for personal social media. But yeah, you should definitely be there for those reasons. Maybe managing the time of that is a big challenge. All right. Good stuff. Jim, we're going to talk to Mike. Go for it. I'm going to pivot, but you can weigh in. So if you have a, a zinger of a question, I always like to try to throw Mike off of his stool here. But Mike, tell me this, buddy. How important is social media and what we do every day? So how important is social media and what you do each and every day? Social media is the front door to what we do. It's it's the storefront. People are hearing about us more and more through social media, which is why in times like now we got to do it more so than ever before. If you're not doing social media, to a lot of folks, you don't even exist. And to right. the generation, millennials, for example, if you're not out there on social media, again, you don't even exist. Right. So being a podcast platform, uh, we're already all over technology as it is. You have to be. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and social media is our way of getting the word out and advertising for not only just what we do, but for get the word out about what our clients are doing. So when I see you guys all over social media and I watch what, you get, what you're doing and you are on multiple platforms, name all the platforms that you push content to. The podcast platforms? No, not well. There's that, but <laughs> yeah. but just social media. Where do you guys? The, the four push that we really concentrate on are Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook. Those are the four. And LinkedIn is big because uh, we are business, right? But those are the four that we uh, we find. You know, Pinterest is not really one that serves sure. serves us well. And that makes good sense. And there's so many others, but those are the four. Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and what would I miss? Twitter. Twitter, of course. Wow, how did I forget Twitter? So, Although some people are getting away from Twitter. Yeah, Twitter is a great place to be to drop content to have it picked up by the media, by the news media. Oftentimes, they're not going to pick up a post on, on Facebook. They'll typically grab it from Twitter. So you need to be there. That's why the, the main reason I always tell clients of mine to be on Twitter. Is there a particular platform other than LinkedIn? LinkedIn uh, makes a lot of sense. Between Instagram and Facebook, which of those two are the most valuable to you? Facebook. And Instagram, why is that? Instagram, I have come to find out, you're not allowed to put like links You cannot on put Instagram. a link on a post on Instagram. And us yeah. being all about podcasts, we're all about links. That's right. So everything we put out there, we're putting a link to a podcast. That's a good thing to know. So yeah, yeah if you're an organization that you need to drop links with posts, you need to pay attention to that. Instagram is a great place to drop a photograph. My favorite Instagram feed is uh, Four Seasons. What they drop on Instagram is absolutely gorgeous. But you don't need to, there's no link needed there. You know it's Four Seasons. You should go to the Four Seasons website. For you, you got to go back to your profile and look at well, how do I find Gwinnett Business Radio X and, and, and get there. That's really interesting. Instagram is one of those spaces. I had a client come to me, and he was a service as a software type of company, and he wanted to be all over Instagram. He said, all my clients are on Instagram. Well, we did an analysis. We sat down and looked at all of his connections. 87% of his connections were connected to him on LinkedIn, whereas only 15% were connected to him on Instagram. It just happened to be the 15%. We're very busy on Instagram. So you've got to figure out where your audience is and make sure you speak to them. The interaction between you and your audience is less on Instagram, too, if I'm correct. It's, Facebook, it seems to be a little bit easier. Well, Jim, you tell me on Instagram, and I don't know how much you use it today, but did you interact much on Instagram? Or you just posted it and you left it? So a lot of the times, I think, based on Instagram, a lot of it is and I even think Twitter is the same way. A lot of it is more very quick interactions. It's not as in-depth and 
thought-provoking right. is the word I'm going to use, Good. whereas I think specifically more with Facebook or LinkedIn, you have a lot more interaction. You get more in the weeds. Yeah, you get much right. more in the weeds, whereas Instagram, it's a quick picture. You like it, hmm. you quickly move on. So you can have and a better conversation. it's the converse- same with Twitter as well. You have a better conversation with someone. Right. You get, you get, I think, part of Twitter having such a small amount of characters, you have to get right to the point. Sure. to exactly what you want, whereas on Facebook, you can write a story in a Facebook post and you can get a lot more information. Mm-hmm. And same with LinkedIn. You can actually post a link, you know, specifically to a podcast or a news article that interests you or that you think is beneficial. So you get, in my opinion, you get more moving forward with that LinkedIn or Facebook post. Good. Well, that's very interesting. That's good feedback. So the, the message for everybody listening is you got to figure out which platform works best for you. If you are selling homes, a real estate agent, you got to be on Instagram. Got to be on Instagram. If you are a restaurant, you need to be on Facebook and Instagram. But I would say Facebook first. First, as a matter of fact, I would post pictures on Instagram, push them to Facebook. But restaurants have to be because that's such a B2C environment. Absolutely interesting good but stuff. But if, if you're B2B, it's, it's LinkedIn is, I would think, king because you're not posting your family photos there, your vacation right. photos and things like that. You know it's business. That's right. And if you do post those family pictures, you're going to get called out. People say, take yes. that to Facebook. I've mm-hmm. seen that plenty of times. And it's very true. Right now, we're seeing everybody's working from home. It's so important that you stay connected to your social media because it is a way to stay connected with folks. And something else that I want to encourage all of you to think about is if you haven't done this, look up Teams, look up some plugins for for Zoom or for uh, the other go-to meetings type programs online. I have been in more video conferencing this week than I ever. Skype's still a great place to go. Google uh, Meet's a great place to meet. So since we can't be in front of each other, Make sure that you are staying connected to folks and you can do that through some of these software components. This is good stuff. I do appreciate you guys sharing everything you have and and joining me today. Mike, where can people track you down? To see everything that we're about, go to businessradiox.com. Select the Gwinnett Studio. You mentioned all the studios we have, but this is the Gwinnett Studio, and that's where I'm at. And you'll see... uh, information about me but more importantly you'll see all our shows and we are up to about 18 19 we're gonna hit 20 shows in a couple months exclusively out of the Gwinnett studio so you talked about you know trending and and being on the cutting edge we're just getting started I love it fantastic and this is a great place to host guests so if you're looking for a place to meet some of your customers or potential customers in in a really personal way this is a great way to do it so come here and then you also have great content for your website or for your your various feeds out there. Well, well done, Mike. Thanks for joining me. And thank you for joining us on How's Your ePresence. For 2020, we wanted to do a better job of sharing what ePresence offers. So here goes. ePresence manages personal, company, and collegiate social media. What does that mean? That means first, we clean up the solopreneur or the CEO's personal social media, and then the entire executive team's social media. All these folks need a brand more than anyone else. Second, we can drive the company's social media accounts with a great plan and outstanding execution that increases engagement and return on investment. Finally, we help every college student get ready to find the perfect job through a better presence on social media. All these folks understand Instagram and Snapchat, but they don't really understand LinkedIn. We're going to help them polish the resume, and we also conduct a mock interview. If you're interested in any of our offerings, go to or or as a and actually as a How's Your ePresence listener, you get an automatic discount of five percent on all our services. Grab that discount by going to epresence.me/slash How's Your ePresence, or you can give us a call 404. 404- 
404-939-8094. That's 404-939-8094. Just tell us you're calling after hearing this podcast or contact us at the web address above and take advantage of that 5% discount. So if you're an entrepreneur, an executive at a large firm, or a college student ready to look for a job, we have a solution for you. Finally, remember, we broadcast live each month on the third Thursday at 3, but you can listen to any of our shows 24-7 by going to Business Radio X. Select the Gwinnett Studio. You can also find us on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Spotify, even your Amazon Echo. We add content every week so you can stay up to date on all things business and social media. So be sure to add us to your podcast app. Or you can always go to our website, epresence.me, that's epresence.me, to catch any of our shows. So until next time, for my guests, Mike Salmon and Jim Galvin, I am Mark Galvin, and this has been How's Your Represence on Business Radio X. (laughs) 